well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you joined us on the program today. You know, most states don't have uh, at least statewide elections this year. You might have a mayoral race or, you know, county commissioner or something like that. But uh, outside of Virginia and New Jersey, uh, most of the action uh, election-wise is going to be taking place in 2022. However, in the state of New Jersey, we're not only electing a governor, uh, we're electing a lieutenant governor, attorney general, and every seat in the House of Delegates is up for grabs. I think this is going to be a close election. The uh, uh, polls show a very tight race between uh, Mark, excuse me, uh, Glenn Youngkin, the Republican candidate for governor, and uh, Terry McAuliffe, the Democratic candidate, one time governor of Virginia, and I think a, a, a deeply unpopular candidate. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about the attorney general's race in Virginia, where Jason Miaris, the Republican candidate, is squaring off against Mark Herring, the incumbent Democrat and a guy who has uh, been quite hostile at least as hostile as he thinks he can be, to the Second Amendment rights of Virginians uh, as long as he has been in office. Uh, and that is not changing, by the way. I mean, uh, Mark, uh, excuse me, um, yeah, Mark Herring is not attacking to the center uh, after uh, winning the uh, Democratic primary. I mean, he is still engaged in uh, uh, the type of extreme anti-gun rhetoric uh, that should alarm every Second Amendment supporter uh, in the Old Dominion. In fact, a, a case in point, so... This was a um, story from the Saint or from the uh, Petersburg, Virginia newspaper uh, earlier this week. Petersburg to A.G. Herring. City's gun violence is about more personal disrespect than crime. City leaders tell the state attorney general they need more early intervention programs to show young people that there are other ways to resolve disputes, but they can't do that without Richmond's help. In other words, they weren't asking for more gun control laws. They weren't saying, hey, you know what we really need to do? We need to put people in prison if they uh, have a, a magazine that holds, uh, you know, 15 rounds. No. What they were saying is, look, we need to try to stop this uh, uh, crime from occurring by going into our schools, elementary schools, middle schools, uh, teaching kids a better way to respond when somebody insults you, when you've got a personal beef with somebody, uh, because they're not getting that education at home. They're not getting that education in school. They're not getting that education at all. Mark Herring's response to this was to call for more gun control. Yeah. Uh, as the uh, Petersburg paper wrote, under Democratic control, the Virginia General Assembly has passed laws strengthening gun control in the state, such as one gun per month purchases and red flags going up when someone's actions lead them to be perceived as socially dangerous. Uh, by the way, they're, they're talking about the red flag law. They're doing it very poorly. Uh, but that's what they're describing, the extreme risk protection order, which Democrats put in place in Virginia last year, which basically allows uh, family members, law enforcement to go to a judge and say, look, we, we think Cam's dangerous. We think he's a danger to himself or others. He's said things, he's done things that uh, concern us. Um, no, we don't want to have a, you know, a mental health hold or anything like that, where he would actually be, you know, looked at by a mental health professional. No, instead, what we want is for a is for you, Your Honor, a a, a judge to uh, to to hear our side of the story. Don't listen to. In fact, we don't even think Cam should have a chance to respond right now. But based on what we tell you, we're asking you to sign this order that would forbid Cam from legally owning firearms for a period of time. Yeah, I, I, again, a lot of due process problems with Virginia's red flag. In fact, red flag laws in general. 
Uh, for instance, the if you are the subject of a red flag petition in the state of Virginia or the Commonwealth of Virginia, um, it's going to be the state attorney or the Commonwealth's attorney that presents their case as to why you shouldn't be able to own a gun to a judge. So it's the, it's you versus the state, right? Are you entitled to a public defender in that case? Mm-mm. Nope. If this was a criminal charge, you would be. But because this is a civil case, you're not entitled to a public defender. So if you can't afford an attorney, you're going up against a commonwealth attorney on your own. And again, you don't get a chance to present your side of the story until after a judge has already decided whether or not an order should be granted. Then you get to go in a couple of weeks later and say, hey, you know what? I think this is wrong. I think you should put a stop to this. But only after the fact. Now Mark Herring wants to expand this. Herring hinted that he may push to expand the red flag law to cover social media posts, which in turn could create an avenue to catch a young person before they do any harm to themselves or others. He said, quote, if someone is on social media bragging about their firearms and something like that and making threats, if there's something that we can do, we should do. Okay, but why would that involve a red flag law? If somebody is making threats, or let's say there's a 15-year-old posting Instagram uh, uh, clips with him with a gun, guess what? A crime has been committed. So why not use the criminal justice system as opposed to using a red flag law to try to take guns away from somebody who's not legally allowed to possess them in the first place? This makes no sense in terms of actually combating violent crime, but it does indicate that Mark Herring, again, doesn't give a damn about our rights. He would like to restrict them any way possible, including, uh, you know, if you were to post something on social media that Mark Herring or an anti-gun Democrat might construe as some sort of threat. Again, if there are legitimate threats being made or if there is physical evidence of somebody illegally possessing a firearm, you don't need to file an extreme risk protection order. You need to take them to court. But that's not what Mark Herring wants to do. No, he wants to reserve that for legal gun owners by restricting their right to keep and bear arms. See, Mark Herring not only is saying that he'd like to expand the state's red flag law, he is arguing at the Supreme Court that Virginia's shall-issue-carry laws are probably too extreme. And that states like New York and their subjective may issue carry laws are perfectly uh, in line with the Constitution. Mark Herring, one of 19 Democrat attorneys general, to sign on to a brief before the Supreme Court defending New York's carry laws. Now, I'm not surprised to see California Attorney General Gary Bonta uh, lead this case. California is another may issue state. Uh, uh, you've got, you know, uh, Maryland, which is May issue, Massachusetts, which is May issue, New Jersey, May issue. But Virginia is a shall issue state. In fact, there are a couple of uh, uh, constitutional carry states whose attorneys general have signed on to this brief. But in Virginia, we have shall issue concealed carry. We also have open carry, permitless open carry. If you can legally own that firearm, you can legally carry that gun openly. Or if you want to carry that firearm concealed, you can get a concealed carry license. Herring signed on to this brief, again, authored by California's Attorney General Gary Bonta, which argues that really there is no right to bear arms in public. 
The attorneys general write, the narrow question presented by this case is whether New York violated the Second Amendment rights of two petitioners by denying them an unrestricted license to carry a concealed handgun in public under a state licensing scheme. The amici states agree with the respondents, state of New York, that this court should affirm the Court of Appeals judgment that the petitioners have not stated a claim under the Second Amendment. Alternatively, they write, the court should clarify the governing legal standard and remand for further analysis by the courts below in light of the particular facts and circumstances of this case. Now, that sounds rather anodyne, right? But when you actually get into the meat of this brief, here's what they say. Quote, these principles foreclose the sweeping constitutional argument advanced by the petitioners here. A fair-minded and thorough assessment of the history establishes that there is, quote, no general right to carry arms in the public square for self-defense. And that states and local governments may, quote, regulate arms in the public square, regulate them to the point of banning them completely. Uh, Attorney General Bonta cites the Ninth Circuit's decision in Young versus Hawaii. This was an egregiously awful decision in which the Ninth Circuit actually reached back to Hawaiian territorial law rather than look at the plain words of the Second Amendment itself. And the Ninth Circuit found that not only does the Second Amendment not protect a right to carry a concealed firearm, they determined that in a, a, a few years ago in a case called Peruta, but in Young versus Hawaii, the Ninth Circuit uh, expanded on that and said, all right, so not only do you not have the right to carry a concealed firearm, you don't have the right to openly carry a firearm either. So you have the, yeah, the Second Amendment protects the right to keep arms, but it doesn't really protect the right to bear arms. And Mark Herring, Virginia's Attorney General, signing on to this argument. Indeed, these Democrat attorneys general write, one consistent feature of the history in this area is a substantial degree of regional variation with respect to governmental regulations on the public carry of firearms. As elected officials in states and localities have adopted reasonable restrictions tailored to the circumstances and needs of their jurisdictions. The Second Amendment, they write, may well pose limits on the state's ability to regulate public carry, but there is no basis in text, history, or precedent for holding that it, meaning the Second Amendment, categorically requires these states to authorize, quote, ordinary, law-abiding citizens to obtain a license to carry a handgun for self-defense in public whenever and virtually wherever they want. Now, that's not actually the issue here. That's not, it's not a matter of carrying whenever and wherever you want. It is a matter of being able to carry in public. The restricted licenses that were given these plaintiffs in New York allow them to carry a firearm when they're hunting, when they're hiking in the middle of nowhere, when they are target shooting in uh, you know the upcountry in New York, but it does not allow them to carry a firearm if they are walking through the streets of a dangerous neighborhood on their way back home, if they are uh, driving their child to school, uh, if they are simply traveling through the state of New York on their way to visit their grandparents' house. Uh, in other words, the right of self-defense for the average citizen in New York disappears, the right of armed self-defense anyway, disappears the moment you set foot outside of your home. And it is treated and viewed as a privilege. And this is what Attorney General Mark Herring has signed on to. Again, he has embraced the idea that the Second Amendment does not protect the right of ordinary law-abiding citizens to carry a firearm in self-defense. And I certainly hope that uh, Virginia's Republican candidate for Attorney General Jason Meares is going to highlight Mark Herring's extreme anti-gun and anti-civil rights agenda here. Because if Mark Herring and these Democratic AGs got their way, 
our right to keep and bear arms would simply become a privilege doled out by the state. All right, turning our attention now to today's Armed citizen story, our uh, good deed of the day, and our recidivist report will start there with a case out of Killeen, Texas, where a shooting suspect on probation for a prior felony offense. Yeah, this, you know, we've had a lot of these stories from like Chicago, but it's this isn't just a Chicago problem here. Uh, no, a, a Colleen man who was accused of shooting another man in the face during a uh, gun deal gone bad back in April was on probation for a felony charge at the time of the alleged incident. Demetrius Donnell Davis booked into the Bell County Jail after being arrested on a second-degree felony charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. It was back in 2019 when Davis pleaded guilty to assaulting and injuring a jailer at the Bell County Juvenile Detention Center when he was 17 years old. Uh, Last year, in May, a judge withheld a finding of guilt, sentenced Davis to five years of deferred adjudication probation on a third-degree felony charge, and less than a year later, on April 22nd of this year, that's when the uh, alleged shooting incident took place. Davis right now being held in the uh, Bell County Jail in lieu of $500,000. Co-defendant in the case, 20-year-old Ahmad Jamal Demps, also being held in jail this week. Uh, the circumstances back in April, officers uh, were uh, dispatched. They heard about, uh, actually they were out on another call, but they heard about three shots fired in the area. Officers located an 18-year-old man suffering from a gunshot wound. Uh, they uh, found the man lying on the ground. He said, don't let me die. He'd been shot in the face, the shoulder, the leg. He told police that Davis had picked him up to drive him to a location where he was intending to sell a gun uh, to the uh, second suspect, Mr. Demps, there. And as soon as the victim handed the gun over to Demps, the victim was shot in the face and then pushed out of the vehicle. And then he was shot two more times. I mean, it sounds to me like this should have been attempted murder that uh, Davis was charged with. He's not been charged with that. Um, But again, if young Mr. Davis here had simply uh, uh, received some type of consequence other than probation for his original felony, I doubt we'd be talking about him today. Now, today's Armed Citizen story from Northern Kentucky, where a prosecutor says a uh, North Kentucky University law student, Sierra Allen, was shot in self-defense after a uh, dispute at a youth football event. Uh, and that the uh, individual who shot and killed Sierra Allen will not be facing charges as a result, again, of this being a uh, justifiable homicide. According to the prosecutor, uh, Sierra Allen and the uh, individual uh, who uh, ended up firing the uh, fatal shots were involved in a physical altercation, again, at this youth football game. But when the altercation ended, the individual who acted in self-defense left and went home. And a couple of hours later, according to uh, Joe Dieters, who's the uh, Hamilton County prosecutor, Sierra Allen then went to that person's home and began banging on the door. Uh, Joe Dieters says the shooter, in fear for her safety, approached the front door with a firearm. Sierra Allen charged the uh, once the door was open, and the shooter fired one shot. Sierra Allen collapsed to the scene, transported to a local hospital where she was pronounced dead. The shooter actually attempted to render aid. Uh, to Allen, called 911 to report the incident. Cincinnati Police Department uh, said they learned through their investigation that Allen and the woman who acted in self-defense were known to each other and had previously been friends, but Allen had been the aggressor in the original physical altercation. The uh, woman who acted in self-defense had a visible physical injury. 
as a result of the attack, according to prosecutors. Joe Dieter said, quote, by all accounts, this is a tragic situation. I understand the Chase Law School community is grieving their classmate, her family and her children are grieving their loved one. But Ms. Allen came to this woman's home after physically harming her once already that night and made this woman fear for her life. This is clearly self-defense. Her uh, friends and family obviously disagree. David Singleton, who is here, Allen's professor at Northern Kentucky University, said she uh, dreamed of one day being a public defender. He said, uh, quote, what happens does not diminish who Sierra Allen was, not in the slightest. She was a good person. And I am sad that she is in this community, uh, uh, that she's not in this community any longer, because I have no question that she would have made a huge, huge difference. Well, this can be a tragic situation, and it is a tragic situation. Uh, but it is, uh, again, also a reminder that when you act aggressively, when you become the aggressor, when you put someone in fear of their life, when you show up at their home uh, after an argument or, or even a physical altercation at some you know, youth football game, when you put someone in a position where they're in fear of their life, your decisions can come with fatal consequences. And that's what happened here in the uh, case of Sierra Allen in uh, Hamilton County, Ohio. Today's Armed Citizen Story, excuse me, uh, today's uh, Good Deed of the Day. I went backwards here. I got to tell you, I, I, I love this story. It's not an earth-shaking, life-changing event, but a, a Newark, New Jersey police officer in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing to help a little kid out who had wet his pants. It happens, kid. It happens. Uh, Newark police officer L. Cisla found the boy on uh, the streets of Newark on Tuesday near Broad Street and Branford Street. He uh, had wet his pants. And the officer then went to a nearby store, bought a uh, new pair of pants for the little kid, used her own money. Uh, the department said Officer Ciesla went above and beyond in making the child stay brighter by giving him a fresh set of clothes and helping him change, literally, uh, on her knees. We salute Officer Ciesla for treating the child as if he were a member of her own family. That, you know, again, like I said, Nothing life-changing or earth-shattering. You do have to wonder, was this little kid, where were his parents? I mean, that's my obvious question. Uh, why, what was this little kid just doing wandering around the streets of Newark on Tuesday afternoon? Uh, and I don't know that we're going to get any resolution to those questions. Uh, but again, at, at least that uh, Newark police officer in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing to uh, help a kid out with a uh, embarrassing situation. So, Officer Ciesla, we thank you for your very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Barry Arms, Cam & Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, we will be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But don't forget, it's not just the show here. We've got BarryAndArms.com where you can find out what's going on with your right to keep and bear arms. Uh, and as I mentioned, the uh, uh, briefs are now coming in in support of New York's carry laws. So we're going to have uh, a more on that. The defenders of New York's restrictive gun control regime. What are they saying? Who are they? And uh, will they win out at the Supreme Court? You can find more information at BarryAndArms.com. If you like what you see, don't forget, you can become a VIP member as well. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS. You can get 25% off of your VIP membership. In exchange, we will give you exclusive analysis, commentary, stories you won't find anywhere else because we want to thank you your support 
We do really appreciate it. Until we talk again, which won't be too long from now, be well, be safe, and be free.